Hey guys, welcome back or welcome to another episode of Behind the Mask. I am Chris. And I'm Becca. So today we are continuing our series on identity, all things identity and sport. In particular, we're talking about a less fun topic, which is injuries. And we have our friends, uh, Gabby and Cheech on, so I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Hey, I'm Gabrielle Rademacher. I went to Vanderbilt University undergrad and played soccer there. Um, I'm now currently still at Vanderbilt getting my master's and my nurse practitioner's license. Uh, I'm Cheech McClellan. Um, I played lacrosse at Drexel University. Uh, just graduated in June of 2020 um, and am now on to hopefully bigger and better things. All right. Um, okay. So again, like we were talking about before, we're chatting all about identity. So the first few episodes, we define identity, athlete identity as a degree to which somebody identifies as an athlete. So again, varying degrees, youth, recreational, um, a little bit lower on the spectrum in terms of how exclusively they identify as an athlete. And then you move on to college and professional, and it's a little bit more intense and a little bit more exclusive as an athlete. And something we kind of talked about in the mental health episode is when we experience things like injury or you get cut from a team or you retire, we go into this transition period where it's like, okay, who am I without my sport now? And we kind of can go into identity foreclosure because we identified so exclusively with our, uh, our sport and then we haven't explored anything else. So what we want to do is kind of give some background to our viewers. So Cheech and Gabby, we know everybody's got like a laundry list of injuries, which is super unfortunate, but if you guys want to share with us what your journey through injuries has been. Yeah. Um, like you said, definitely a laundry list of injuries. Um, was funny though, because it wasn't until college until that list kind of got pretty long. Um, but it all started, it's all been the same injury, um, but it started the day before our first game, my freshman preseason, we are going to play Alabama. And it was like five minutes before the practice ended. Um, I went to a tackle and tore through basically everything in my knee, um, ACL, both menisci. Um, and that kind of got the ball rolling on the injuries. And um, I didn't know until I think my third year, but um, after that surgery, I, and they ended up taking out 80% of my meniscus on my lateral side. And that ended up kind of creating a lot of damage. Um, and you know us as young athletes, all we want to do is prove ourselves and do anything our coaches say and just want to get on the field as quick as possible. So um, it took me about 15 months to get back on the field um, and I ended up, I thought I retore it and no one really believed me, but then we finally got an MRI after my senior year and I did retear it after a season of playing on it and ended up bruising halfway up my femur. And so they had to do a pretty big surgery. Um, I got a micro fracture surgery, which is like 16 drill holes into the lateral side of my knee and then another ACL. Um, and during that surgery, um, they ended up like breaking the drill off into my knee and no one told me. So I went a year with like this huge like metal piece in my knee. So that tore up a lot more stuff and um, long story short, um, which now I can walk, everything's fine, but it lodged into a pretty big nerve in the back of my leg. And um, they thought like, they did a great job taking it out, but I almost was paralyzed. So that was a big um, eye opener for me after that. But now so far, no more surgeries, but um, we'll see, because after that damage of four years, they said I'm looking at a knee replacement in the next five years. 
That's so young for a knee replacement. Yikes. Um, so I haven't really had any injuries that severe or that serious. Um, but, you know, I've had – I mean, my injuries started back in, in high school, um, typical kind of aches and pains and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, kind of similar to Gab, um, they didn't get really bad until college. Um, I had – in high school, I had uh, about three concussions <clears throat> throughout my four years. Um, and then um, – college rolled around and or I'm sorry four four during high school see I forget that's probably not good um but anyways uh college rolls around and then um you know first month of practice uh I got actually second week of practice um I got my uh, fifth concussion um and it was a pretty bad one so um I was kind of out I was out for the rest of the, of the fall and the winter um, my trainer kind of just decided like we're not going to take the risk of bringing you back um, when you're healthy um, so, you know, I sat out that, that whole fall and, and into the winter until we came back in January. <laughs> um, and during that time I did not take care of myself whatsoever. Um, so I ended up actually gaining about 30 pounds, um, and just was completely in horrible shape when I came back for the, for the beginning of the season. Um, so much so that, um, in the first or the second game of the season, um, my body just was not ready for, for six days a week of practice and a game. Um, and you know, we had been doing it for two months at that point, um, straight after I had just been sitting on my butt for, for three. Uh, so first game, um, or second game rather, uh, I got to make a cut and slip a little bit and feel a little twinge, um, in my groin and didn't think a whole lot of it. Uh, and then, uh, the next game we had was two days later. It's freezing cold, pouring rain, and, you know, I played the whole game and finished the game, and uh, by the end of it, I couldn't walk up the stairs to the locker room. So uh, I got taped up, wrapped up, sat out for the next couple of days. Um, it was tough to walk around and all that, and then um, didn't want to get uh, an MRI or, or a, an X-ray until the end of the season because I, I kind of figured something was wrong to the point where if, if I got um, an X-ray or an MRI, they'd tell me that <laughs> – you know, something was wrong and my season was over. So I kind of just um, had a conversation with my trainer and my coaches and um, or a conversation with my trainer. And he was like, well, you should probably take it easy. And, you know, ensuingly, my, I didn't play as much the rest of the year and, and took a, f a lot fewer reps um, throughout the season. And then until the end of the season rolled around and went and got that MRI and an x-ray. And turns out I had torn both sides of my groin and separated my pelvis. Um, and I could have gone the route of surgery, um, but I kind of figured that um, I had the next few months off. So I figured I would just um, work really hard and do, do rehab as much as I could and get back in shape. Um, and, you know, focusing um, less on uh, my injuries and myself and more on, you know, God's plan for me in, in that moment was, was kind of what got me through that, that whole scenario. Awesome. Well, not awesome, but <laughs> um, Bex, you want to share with us yours, please? Sure. So uh, I would say, I mean, I guess my biggest injury was I tore my ACL uh, summer before my junior year of high school. Um, so that was, that was kind of my biggie. I was out for uh, 15 months, kind of like gap. Um, by the grace of God, my recovery was very, very painful, but went pretty smoothly. 
um, was able to junior year is pretty a pretty terrible time to have an injury like that because that's prime time recruiting season. Um, but I was still able, you know, my, my list of schools got very small, very quickly because a lot of coaches didn't want to, you know, take a chance on somebody with that background and that type of injury. Um, but did end up getting recruited and went in my freshman year. Um, and in preseason, um, back in October, right after fall ball, I just started having really weird pain in my hand, like in the palm of my hand. Um, and we just like nursed it. It was a super weird place, super weird spot. Um, trained in the off season with a couple variations on exercises here and there. Um, but ended up just getting a MRI just to be safe when I came home for a winter break. And two days after I went back, I found out that I had broken my hand. Um, so, and it had been broken for, from October to then January. So they were like, well, you kind of are past the period where it could have healed by itself. So you need surgery to take the bone out. Um, because it can't go back on. It's literally just hanging out in your hand. So we need to take that out, but it can't get worse. So if you want, you can play your freshman season with a broken hand. Um, so that's what I did. Um, and then went and got, that's a story in and of itself, but, um, then went and got surgery after freshman year. And then since then, that was kind of my, that was my last surgery injury wise. Um, the rest has been kind of similar aches and pains, um, quad wraps, PT all the time, you know, just kind of the lingering nagging stuff. But I think those were, those were my two big um, injuries that really kind of God met me in those places because I was at very pretty, pretty dark seasons when the, that stuff happened. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say again, glory to God, not anything that's been huge kind of stuff. It's more so nagging, annoying things. So like for me, it's always been a shoulder thing and a back thing, you know, occupational hazard with goalkeeping there's always some something going on with your hands I did break my thumb I'm always my thumbs are always taped Gabby knows being in the training room at, at Vandy my thumbs are literally always taped but anyway um and then so that kind of stuff but that was more maintenance stuff but the way I hurt my back was this is so much pride it's legitimately just pride how I hurt my back so we were max uh squatting and I don't remember what the weight was but I was halfway down and I was like, I don't want to put this bar down and have to re-rack. So basically I did a half squat and an RDL up and killed my lower back. Gabby, it's not good. Melby came sprinting from the other side of the weight room like, Chris, I was like, I'm racking it, I'm done. So anyway, that was like an ongoing. And then I hurt my shoulder hand cleaning just with like poor form. So I had this like scap impingement thing. So yeah, it would just be like, small little nagging injuries when I was at Vandy. And then when I got to Drexel, they thought I tore my meniscus, but what ended up happening is it really just got sprained. And then I had some cartilage damage and then I had some like inflammation in my hamstring and all this craziness. But, you know, it was one of those things where put a brace on it or tape your entire leg and go play. Cause it was right before the beginning of the season. So it just ended up being something that I had to kind of deal with for the rest of the season 
Um, and then I wasn't kicking balls properly. So I almost tore my hip flexor. So there was that as a result. Um, so yeah, kind of one thing after another spiraling together. So long story short, it's really interesting. Like our laundry list of um, injuries and are coming off of our mental health episode talking about how we're not invincible. This is quite literally an example of us having to perform and put our bodies through a lot of wear and tear. So uh, I wanted to segue and ask Gabby and Cheech, how do you guys think um, going through injuries and the way you guys have gone through injuries, because all of your injuries have had you miss out on significant time. Gabby, I remember when you tore your ACL, we were in training. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This kid is literally like workhorse in it. And then this thing happens. So how do you guys think that that threatens your athlete identity um, in terms of the way you are able to navigate your lives uh, through sport? Um, I think that's a great question. Um, also, quick shout out to Melby because I know you brought her up, but she is like the greatest human and I probably wouldn't have kept playing soccer for the four years without her. So I just need to put that out there because she is just awesome. Um, she was the one that ran to me when I first like tore it and just hugged me. But um, I think honestly, it does differ to the time and place you have that injury and where you are in your sport. And like, um, I know teacher was saying like, um, you're like two weeks into like your season and then Becca you were saying like your junior year and mine was right before like my first game and Luda you're talking about all of yours happening and it's just I think the biggest thing is that for me like when it happened I was so nervous about preseason and I just like gave it my all and I was so excited because like my whole childhood um, was about getting to college and that's how I got out of my small town and got away from all of these other things going in my childhood and so I was just so excited to be there and just play the sport I love that like made me who I was and then out of like a blink of an eye I just got like all taken away and I just felt like I wasn't a human being anymore if that makes sense like I just didn't know who I was because I put everything into getting there and then it happened right before I even got to even play a game so I was like I didn't even get to show him who I was I didn't even get to play soccer I'm like who am I and then I start going back I'm like wow I missed this I missed that I really don't have that many friends <laughs> that aren't like part of soccer um so it was just like after that you kind of get to take a look around you and see who you are as a person without the sport and I realized I really didn't like that person and it was a very lonely place to be um and made me well I didn't realize it until I met Chris and Megan Henry um and like Lydia because they brought me to my first ever FCA um I wasn't religious um before my injury I like knew about God um and I would just I guess like pray to him for like the little things but I guess never had a relationship with them um and then I realized I was like a shell of a person and then these amazing humans came up to me and was like, let's go get food at FCA. And I was like, I'm in, I love food. Let's go check it out. And it totally changed my life for the better. And I started reading, um, you'll get through this by Max Lucado. And it really like showed me that my identity is rooted in Christ and that I'm more than an athlete. I'm a child of God. And that's like the greatest thing you could ever be. Um, and that has helped me with all the other injuries going forward. And 
it's been easier every time because I've had that foundation. But then I've also noticed when I haven't had a close relationship with God in my last injury, um, it was just as hard again. Cause I was like, who am I? And when I'm not rooted in him, I was like, wow. Okay. Like the, it just shows you a lot, but yeah. Yeah. I think you pretty much hit the nail straight on the head there. Um, I know in terms of identity, my freshman year, and I mean, pretty much my entire, since I was like seven years old, I mean, you play a sport for so long and um, you start doing travel, you start playing year round and it just becomes such a huge part of your life that, that when it kind of gets taken away from you, you have no idea kind of how to function without it. And it's a super scary thought. Uh, and especially when um, you go from high school to college and, and you're no longer like the best player on your team. Um, and you have to start competing for a spot and like, you got to really, really put everything you have into it. Um, otherwise you're not going to get where you want to be. And I think that's kind of similar to what happened to me because my whole, that whole summer before my freshman year, I didn't care about anything other than practice, like workout, run, do all this stuff. So I could be ready to play, um, in September. Uh, and I just got so wrapped up in the sport and that I kind of lost sight of, of my own identity, like in Christ and, and who I was raised to be, um, by my family. And that, you know, that injury, I guess, was kind of a, a wake up call, um, in that it took my ability or my, it took the, it took the distraction of a sport away. Um, and made me kind of, like you said, re-examine and, and look, take a look back at your life and who you are without the sport. And I was like, I do not like this person at all. Um, and it took me a while to realize that, but, um, you know, we got there. And um, I think also, you know, having that first injury and realizing that, that um, you know, who I was wasn't who I was, who I was portraying myself as wasn't who I wanted to be um, and wasn't the way I was raised. So, um, you know, when future injuries rolled around, I had that, that, that foundation that you, you were referring to about, um, you know, with rather than, you know, pouting or, or thinking that it's in my hands and in my control um, to fix whatever my problems are physically. Um, I just got to like sit back, um, you know, pray, do you obviously do what you're supposed to do, but, you know, just realize that in the, at the end of the day, it's not, not in my control and not in my hands. So, you know, when, when later injuries came up, I didn't have that same reaction of, you know, sit down, sit on my butt for three months and gain 30 pounds. Um, and I think that was, uh, you know, that's a testament to, um, you know, what God can do. Yeah. So a couple of things that struck me right off the top of my head when you guys were talking, Gabby, you're talking about this idea of like, you didn't even get to show, who you were right it's so interesting we've been talking about this throughout this series of um this coupling of between what we do and who we are and then once injuries gets thrown in there and now we can't do what we want to do who we are ends up being in question so it's really interesting kind of um when people ask you what do you want to be when when you grow up they don't really take into consideration the who behind what you're trying to do. They're not really asking you what you want to be. They're asking what you want to do. And what happens is we create people that are doers before they're beings. And then what happens when that gets taken away? 
So I think it's, it's really interesting. But I, I did want to ask all of you guys this question, and Becca, we can start with you. How do injuries kind of throw away this whole concept of control for us as athletes that are control freaks? Control, I call myself a recovering control addict because I love control, controlling things. So how do injuries throw a wrench in that completely? Bex, we can start with you. What do you guys think? Yeah, so for this one, I didn't mention this in my laundry list because I, when I think of injury, my initial thought is like an ACL or like something that has to get wrapped. Um, my senior year, I just had some health challenges and we couldn't figure out what they were. Um, and I would go to practice and I'd be taking ground balls. I'd be in the batter's box. I'd be standing on the field. And all of a sudden my, like my eyesight would go. And like, I had all these physical symptoms, nobody could figure them out. Um, and I think that was the first time and I'll, I'll call it an injury for the sake of this conversation that I really did feel so not in control because with an ACL tear, okay, it's so hard. And you, there's, there's that process of like coping with what's happening. But then I always kind of felt a little bit in control because I was like, okay, rehab. Okay. What do I have to do? Okay. Let me just like, as an athlete, let me just do, do, do to get back on the field. And I felt in control in a way, but then in my senior season, like so many conversations where we were like, we don't know what's going on. Like your blood work, like all of these things, like there were no answers. And I think that was the first time where it really was like so humbling to honestly say like, I want my body to do all these things and I can't do them and I can't do anything about it. Um, and I think that is this concept of surrender and this concept of like as an athlete, it's so countercultural to athlete culture and counterintuitive because as an athlete, you never surrender, like surrender to what surrender to who like, no fight and do what you have to do and fight through the hard. And, but this concept of kind of losing all control over the things you once felt like you had control over, like your body, um, really put me had, I had to ask that question of, okay, like, am I willing to surrender my career, myself, my health, whatever all of this is to the Lord and be okay with that? And what does that look like when as an athlete, I have never felt like I had to do that, never been willing to do that before because in, in sports culture, you, you don't surrender and that's not, that's not okay. And that's not a thing. Um, and I think, you know, a life lived out for the Lord is that, and it's the opposite. And that was the first time that I had to kind of come to grips with that and be faced with that question. Yeah, I think you hit so much and talked a lot about what I was going to say too. Um, just about like, it's hard to talk about just cause like, I even want to have control now and especially like even whatever, like what I say and things like that. And it's just so hard, just like give it all over. But, um, I felt the same exact way with rehab, um, and just put so much work in there. I'm like, Oh, this is perfect. Like literally my whole life was rehab. Like they were, 
would make jokes and they're like, you need to start paying rent here and like things like that. And I was, thought it was hilarious, but it kind of gave me a little grasp on control. But as much work as you put in there, I finally realized like it didn't, I mean, it made a difference, but still like I was having problems with my injury. Like I couldn't have put in any more work than I had. Or like, I remember just Melby like, couldn't sleep sometimes because she was trying to help me and like trying to make it better. But it just, that wasn't the case. Like it is what it is. And the injury just, I wasn't the same player. And that was a hard thing to grasp after waiting 15 months. And then I got on the field and I was like, wow, I just spent like 15 years of my life building up to be this player. And then it all went away in like a second. And even after all that hard work, I'm still not going to be that same player. And that was super hard to swallow and still is kind of you know in there but now with like the grace of God and having a relationship with him it's helped so much and um I think a big thing I've talked about with Chris is like I call them like my like my chains and that's a big thing for me to relinquish is my control and I felt like such a huge like weight off my shoulders that I could be this whole different person and I didn't have to be this like super uptight like neurotic player and I could just kind of like let it all go and I just had to keep telling myself like give it to God give it to God see the blessings he's giving you in this moment um like stop trying to take control because you're missing all the great things around you because I was so focused on getting back on the field and taking control that I was missing out on all the blessings he was giving me like my best friends and FCA and being honestly like a better person than I ever like could have imagined and that helped me be a better player off the field and I would have never been like the leader I was my senior year without going through those injuries and without having to do like a whole like surrendering of who I was and I think finally coming to that like I guess understanding with God and like letting him like or like letting myself like give him everything. Um, I don't know. It just like really helped me just like be a better player, I guess, overall. Cause now I went, started going to practice and I was like, what can I do for him today? How can I help someone else? Like, instead of it being about me on the field and me being better, it's like, how can I help the person next to me? And I ended up liking soccer a lot better and having more fun at the end of the day. And I never thought that could ever happen. And so now it's something I'm trying to take into my future and stuff. Cause it's just hard to like let go of your control because that's so much of who we are as athletes and wanting to be the best, but it's a daily struggle, but it is worth it when you relinquish everything to him. Yeah, definitely. As athletes, like it's one of those things where um, if you have some sort of deficit in your game, um, it's kind of your responsibility to work hard um, and control you know, what you can control and, and to get the outcome of, all right, well, now I've, I've worked really hard on this and, you know, now I'm better at it. And then you find a different thing and, you know, it's, it's always kind of in your control, um, you know, because your training kind of prepares you for, for games and stuff like that. But um, there are two, I'm also a control freak. Um, I guess I can take Luda's term of, of control, recovering control addict. Um, but you know, there's two different aspects I look at when I look at control. There's control in, in that um, you want to um, have a certain outcome, and then there's the time frame of that outcome. And my biggest issue was that 
I wanted, like, especially when I was hurt, like I wanted to be healthy and I wanted to be healthy now. Um, so like, even when I was, when I had my concussion and I was told I wasn't allowed to be doing physical activity, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think I sat out for two weeks and then I would start going on like sneaky, like late night runs. And, um, I would like go to the field on weekends and worked out when nobody was there. Um, or when I, when I hurt myself in the following spring, um, I would skip out on rehab and, um, cause I wanted to be back out on the field and just, I would go back into the field and I'd start playing like two hours, three hours before practice and then come back in to get my rehab done after all that. Um, and then at weekends, like Friday nights and Saturday nights, when everybody else was going out, I would be like, all right, well, it was a perfect opportunity for me to go to the field um, and just like be alone. So no one sees and like, I can just like work really hard because I feel like I'm better. And then obviously um, being not healthy, uh, you end up hurting yourself more um, because of impatience and just wanting to have control over the situation. Um, but when you can kind of let that go and just, you know, realize that, um, there are people um, who are put in positions um, of control in those situations that aren't you for a very good reason. Um, like your trainer's there for a reason and, you know, giving those issues and let to your trainer and like letting them like kind of tell you what to do is, is one aspect of control um, that I struggled with, but also just like the mental part of it, which was I want what I want now. Um, and just giving that up to God and saying that every, like realizing that everything's in his time frame and everything's in his plan um, and not my own. Um, you know, those are the two big things of control that I've always struggled with. Yeah, no, I think it's really cool. Like what you just said, um, the outcome and then there's the time frame. I know at least for me, like I've gotten better with surrendering the outcome. I'm like, yeah, God, let's do this. But like now, and God's like, no. So later. So it's really interesting of it's not just control. I mean, surrendering control over your yes, but surrendering control over how and when as well, which I think is really cool. And um, the last thing I'll say before we kind of let you guys give us your scripture references, I know with me of the physical injuries are a pain in the butt, but one of the most frustrating things, at least for me, is feeling handcuffed because of the mental side of the game, which is ironic because now I'm doing sports psychology. So, haha, funny God, that's what he called me to do. But anyway, um, it's interesting because Gabby knows, like, one of the biggest things that stresses you out is fitness testing before, right? And I know for me, there was a tremendous amount of anxiety that was uh, put into the whole scenario. So it was never a physical thing. Like, I'll go out there, and if I didn't, if there was nothing, no significance attached to it, there was no issue. Gabby probably might not remember this, but we, like, were running 120s one day and just, like, booking it. And the people are like, well, that's not the problem. So for me, I know it's not a physical issue. It's a, I get on the line. There's a tremendous amount of significance. I've decided my identity is rooted in this performance. Spiral, mini panic attack, fail the test kind of deal. Every single time. And then at one point um, when I was like, all right, forget this. This doesn't define me. Whatever happens, happens. Then I'm able to go and perform with a tremendous amount of freedom. So I think it's really interesting when we're talking about control of it's something that handcuffs us when we hold so tightly to that. And yet it's something, there's something super alluring about it of, yeah, 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 you have to control this to get what you want. But the reality is when we actually surrender control, we can play in flow and do what we want. So um, 
segueing, I wanted to ask Gabby and Cheech. So what are some things, some scripture references that has helped you guys kind of deal with this whole process of athlete identity and injuries? There's a lot, so many. I love quotes and I love scripture. So I just always have them like everywhere. And I have like a little jar that I pull out just because sometimes you just need to actually pick me up, especially before the beep test. Um, I struggled with that a lot mentally, um, but um, I just chose one specifically um, for kind of like grasp the whole in all the injuries together. And it's John 16, 33. I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Um, and that just gave me a lot of peace of mind. And just cause I'm a very anxious person and um, kind of couldn't think in the moment and only thought about the outcome of what would happen later on and like, who will I be? What will I be? Will I make an impact? All these things. Um, and it just really helped me kind of just take a deep breath, knowing that everything was going to be okay and that it would all work out in his plan. And that's kind of where I got my, um, like saying Chris knows this, but I have a big thing about hope and it stands for hold on pain ends H O P E. Um, and so that's something I would say to myself. And this is another one whenever I would be in pain, um, which was like every day or every time we'd run the beep test or go to a game, anything like that, I would just, um, recite John 16, and hope. And it would really get me through it a lot of the times and um, kept me from a lot of panic attacks and definitely helped me get through the four years of playing soccer. Yeah, so it's funny you said that. Uh, I actually had, I had two verses hung up in my locker um, from sophomore year to my senior year, and that was one of them. Um, and the other one was Jeremiah 29, 11, um, which is for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Uh, plans to uh, prosper you and not to harm you and to give you hope in the future. Um, and like I said, I'm a control freak. Um, so that was, you know, kind of my mantra for a, a good portion of, of my college life and, and probably will be for the rest of my, my adult life, if you can call it that. Um, but that kind of just like, it re it reinforces everything that, that, you know, I was taught kind of the hard way because I'm stubborn um, in college, which is things aren't done. Um, things don't happen according to my own plan. Things don't happen the way I want them to. Um, and something bad will happen to me and I'll think, all right, well, I'm screwed. Like, this is the way it's going to be. Um, but then, you know, you read that verse and you think, well, God has a plan that, that's better and everything happens for a reason. Um, so, you know, something terrible will happen and then, um, miraculously you'll become a better person from that, from that, um, poor instance. And, um, like you'll get in, you'll have, you'll be injured and then, um, you'll miss two months of a sport and then, you know, you come back and you've learned all these like lessons from it and, and your characters improved exponentially from, from that two month injury that you thought was the worst thing ever. And then, you know, two years down the road, you look back at it and you're like, Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, so, I mean, you know, just having that, um, you know, kind of be my mantra has been, has been, um, relieving and, uh, definitely helped mentally. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. I think, um, 
it's really good too because becca we always talk about like this big t truth right or big t truth of we want to we always want to return back to that and both of you guys are kind of saying like these verses have been a really good anchor for you um even when you're in the middle of the like all the wrestling and the craziness that comes with injuries and with sports um so I think it's really good because we want to return back to what God's word will say rather than, you know, everybody's like, you have to get back in X amount of time or you're missing out on your season or this or that or this. All kinds of just junk, to be honest, that people can be talking about when you're when you're dealing with an injury. But God's word, we know, like, um, not only does it return us to who God's called us to be in the first place, but it also is a source of wisdom and is a source of direction when you're really struggling um, through a season like this. Uh, so the last thing I kind of want to ask you guys, and again, Bex, whoever wants to start with this question. So we know that injuries, a lot of it is a, re- is a giant recovery process and you go up and down and up and down and it really reflects your life as an athlete. So how do you guys think rooting your identity in Christ has helped you through that recovery process in comparison to maybe rooting your identity in your sports? I think when our identity is rooted i think a lot of things happen when our identity is rooted in christ rather than our sport um when it comes to injury and when it comes to that recovery and just the process um i think when our identity is rooted in christ we stop fighting the process um and we can slow down because again when we have all these expectations of where we should be well i should be this should feel better. This shouldn't hurt anymore. I should be in this starting spot right now, like whatever it may be when we can release those expectations, then we can fully focus on what's going on right in front of us. And what has God called me to in this season with this, okay, unfortunate circumstance that I really hate and really wish it was so different. Doesn't mean I'm okay with it. It just means I've surrendered my, grip on it and I can now go obediently say okay let's let's roll with this and let's let's that's what I used to say like let's rock and roll and let's get let's get done what I'm being called to today not what I thought I'd be doing but what God has for me today and I found that 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 makes the process and the it just it like you were saying earlier Chris it flows more because we've relinquished control of what we thought should be happening to what is actually happening. And then we're fully present and fully there one in our walk with the Lord. And also, you know, with our team in rehab, in practices, even if we're sitting on a bucket, we're there and we're not, you know, stuck in the pit of this is supposed to be different. Why isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, so I always get so tripped up on this because Chris knows what I'm probably going to talk about, but, um, I, someone asked me, my assistant coach actually asked me, I think it was my junior year. He was like, dad, do you regret coming to Vanderbilt because of all the injuries you had? And I was like, quickest no I've ever said in my entire life, because without that initial injury, like, I don't think, I mean, I know he would have kept presenting himself, but that injury catapulted my relationship with Christ and was able to find my identity with him, which then I was able 
to start healing from past things that happened in my life that I just like kept masking and hiding from soccer. And I just dove myself into soccer to forget about everything that else was going on. And so I wasn't affected by that because I had soccer. And then when that identity was taken away and I gave myself to Christ and just had an identity in him, I was able to like heal and actually like face those demons and take them head on with God at my side. And that helped me actually build friendships and helped me actually have a sustainable like relationship and make like, I now have better relationship with my family. Um, and that all helped my healing process with my knee because I was so grateful for these new things around me. And I didn't think they were possible because I thought soccer was the end all be all. And, um, just having that identity of Christ, it made things just so much more like manageable and better because in the beginning, like it was pretty dark places and, um, a place I never want to go back to. Um, but like with him, it just, I don't know, I just was able to see, um, kind of, we talked about like, you have all this pressure to be this person and to be this player. And when that's kind of taken away when your identity identities with Christ, you're able to see that he's actually preparing you for something so much bigger. And so every time something comes into my life, like a new injury or something else, I'm like, all right, what is he doing here? Like, this is happening for a reason. He's preparing me for something even greater. And it gets me kind of hopeful and it gets me excited instead of dwelling on the whole, like rough times that are happening. Cause I'm like, okay, like something awesome is about to happen and I can't wait for that to happen. And now I need to get to see like all the blessings that are coming in and stop taking like the other things in my life for granted and even soccer for granted. Cause after I rooted my identity with Christ, I finally saw that I didn't have to play soccer. I got to play soccer. And that was like, such a blessing because a lot of people don't get to play sports and the fact that we were like getting to do this it changed my whole perspective and then I started playing more for Christ and that opened up a lot of doors and definitely made me a better person and player even through the injuries um my biggest thing is just you never want to like put your identity fully into something that's that's not um everlasting something that's temporary um, like everything we do um, on the field or off the field, like it's all fleeting. Um, like if you have your entire identity wrapped up in uh, what you did during a two hour practice, um, five days a week or three hours in a game um, once a week, uh, all that stuff, um, whether you go professional and, and play till you're 40, 50 years old, like after that it's done. So like everything that, that we do on the field, yeah, it's fun. And, and yeah, it teaches you a lot of lessons um, about life. And um, But at some point it ends. Um, and at some point it all goes away. Um, so while it's nice to have these things um, and, and use them um, for our benefit, um, the main purpose of, of all of this is to, um, you know, be a light for, for the Lord through, through your actions on the field, off the field. Um, or in the gym or whatever it is sport that you're, that you're playing. But, um, you know, if you root your identity in something that's fleeting, um, your identity is going to be fleeting. So just as like we realize when we get hurt, um, and, and that's taken away from us, um, we have to kind of take a, take a step back and look at who we are. Um, if you root your identity in something that's never going to go away, something that's everlasting, um, then, you know, you're never going to be disappointed.
Yeah, no, I love that. And the last thing I'll say before we kind of wrap this whole thing up is like almost rooting your identity in Christ gives you a different purpose, right? When we talk about being submitted to his mission, like your purpose might be, um, ultimately we all have the same purpose, which is we are serving God, we're over trying to make disciples. Um, how we do that might be unique to each and every single one of us. And as athletes, we have this gift that Gabby was saying to use our platform to do that. And I think rooting our identity in Christ, it, our, our focus is on his mission and his purpose for us. When our identity is rooted in our sport, it becomes all about us. So then when we get hurt or we get cut or we retire, or there's some kind of transitional period, we get stuck kind of saying like, what's next? Kind of similar to what you're saying, Cheech. So I think it's really cool and really good to um, almost harp on that, root your identity in something that is not subject to change, like you were just saying, because ultimately that purpose and that mission is going to speak, is going to be way more important to you than, okay, the mission today is to beat Florida. I'm just picking on Florida. Why not? The mission today is to beat Florida because anchor down and go doors. Well, if I can't play soccer today, that doesn't keep me from being able to brag on Jesus because at the end of the day, whether I'm on the field or I'm on the sideline, I still have the platform to do that. So I think it's, it's uh, really, really good. What both of you guys are saying so much wisdom, um, even through the midst of things that are super uncertain, Gabby, like you were, you were talking about brings you back to your scripture reference in John 16. But so we're wrapping up because unfortunately we're out of time. I want to thank Cheech and Gabby. You guys are awesome. Um, this is a bit of a proud mom moment because Cheech as a huddle leader at Drexel, obviously you and I have worked together a bunch and Cheech loves to annoy me on a daily basis, but I love you, you know, and Gabby, you know, we've been, we've been together for a long time and this is like a really cool, almost discipleship full circle moment and love, you know, watching you grow from freshman Gabby all the way up into a grown adult. And it's been really cool um, having this conversation and learning even from you guys. So we want to thank you guys for being on. Of course. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for planting that seed freshman year for me. I appreciate it. Thanks for putting up with all my crap. (laughs) (laughs) Never a dull moment with you, Cheech. Listen, nobody makes me laugh more than Cheech. Makes me laugh, but also shake my head in disappointment more than Cheech. (laughs) Simultaneously. (laughs) Yeah, always. Um, But yeah, I said this before and I knew I couldn't forget it. So I had to remember to say it this time. Um, If you guys love what you're hearing every single subscribe button down below get all notifications every single time a video drops follow us on instagram at behind the mask 3132 we'll put gabby's and cheech's uh social media information in the show notes in case you guys want to ask them questions i don't know where you're pointing (laughs) (laughs) ask us questions again we're here to be community for you guys we want to hear from you guys uh so we'll catch you guys next time cheech and gabby once again thank you for being on No problem. Thanks.